0: been a long day grab a beer and sit back it's time for brew talk here's scott chad and the brew doctor himself dr michael Mosier.
1: happy brews day everybody you have scott and doc in studio today we had a we had a brief sighting of chad and then he had to run out hopefully he's on assignment hopefully everything's all right Yep. yep chad we're thinking about you man
0: Things are all right. Yeah, me too. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, Doc. I know it's uh, it's starting to become that day. It is, you know. Um, so I have to ask: Are you a traditional turkey fan, or is your family going to do something different? Well, we definitely have a tradition, but it's different. So every
1: year, we actually get together. I make. The Charlie Brown Thanksgiving feast. Okay, and we watch the show. Oh, very cool. We got Jiffy Pop popcorn. I got pretzel sticks. I got jelly beans. (laughs) I got, um, I got popcorn. You know, popcorn. We got toast. We do parfaits, and we just sit and watch the show. And uh, we usually have a little bit more of a traditional dinner, but that's kind of what we do for lunch on Thanksgiving.
0: That's very cool. How about you? Um, So my family is not a big fan of turkey. I am, but my family's not. So um, we will tend to do more of like uh, T-bone steaks and baked potatoes and that kind of thing rather than the turkey and the stuffing and the dressing and all of that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and I have to admit that after the show today, I'm actually going right around the corner and picking <laughs> up my my ham yeah, and ham. my honeybake and my turkey from the honeybake ham store because yeah. that's what we will have for Thanksgiving. <laughs>
0: and and you said that you're inviting me over for uh, that ham, right?
1: Uh, sure, Micah. I will. You
0: can come over for ham, or I will bring you ham next week if you would like some. And it's not that you know. It's not that I don't like those other foods. It's uh, and I actually do like t-bones yeah. and stuff like that. So it's just. Uh, um, there's just something about this time of the year you get to eat turkey, like how many times a year do you eat turkey from, you know, cooking a whole bird yeah. just once, maybe twice, once or twice. Yeah. And, uh, I really look forward to it, but I'll get mine at Christmas instead. So sure. we'll do it that way. I will probably do the same at Christmas and get it from the Honey Bakingham store because <laughs> I just, I'm not good at cooking turkeys. Sure. I'm just not. Don't enjoy it. Yeah, that little pop up thing that's on the turkey yeah. and some of those brands. I've only had it work once, and that was (laughs) as I was jiggling it, as I was taking it out of the oven to measure its temperature. The little thing went pop, and then I was like, "Okay, I must be good to go." Then must be, (laughs) and it was actually perfect. Well, that's good. At least you know it works. But but most of the time, you don't even notice the little popper (laughs) thing popped up until you know thirty, forty minutes later, and you're like, "Oh, it's gonna be dry." Yeah,
1: I mean, who who watches their oven that close? I know, right?
0: You don't do that.
1: (laughs) What every two minutes you got to check the little popper thing, so.
0: Yeah. And if you have a turkey, do you stuff it with stuffing? And um, if so, do you do cornbread or regular bread or something else? Yeah, way too much of that. And I'm not a stuffing fan at oh, all. Oh you're not? No.
1: So if we're gonna do anything with cornbread, I just want cornbread muffins. I'm totally happy oh, with
0: yeah, that. Yeah, sure. I get that. But, but not, not stuffing, no. Well my brother's family, they put uh they make sausage meatballs and put the sausage meatballs in the Ooh, turkey. That so all the good. all the fat drippings mm-hmm. from the sausage go out and make the turkey taste good i can see that that would be see and all of that goes really really well with a nice pilsner but <laughs> <laughs> i could imagine it would yeah we were talking
1: about that before we came on air it's not like
0: there's a lot of beer thanksgiving
1: right. connections so
0: right i mean i mean if you're drinking a a beer well i should say it the other way around if you're eating uh, p- uh pumpkin pie I can think of a beer that would go well with it, but I can't think of anybody who purposefully said, if I stick this bird in this oven for four and a half hours, then I can take it out and then this beer would is why I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, but I suppose you could also, you know, like baste your bird in beer. Yeah. I think or you your could. ham. Sure. I think those all sound great.
1: Well, speaking of beer, oh, yeah. what are we drinking? Oh, yeah. So
0: here? so today I brought our M2K2. It's our English pale ale. And uh, I think it goes pretty well. It's a little lower carbonation. So that kind of fits well. Um, still gluten reduced. And that's, that's our trademark there. So that's all good. Now,
1: I think I've asked this before.
0: Mm-hmm. Remind our audience, what does the M2K2 stand for? So um, my wife wanted a beer named after the two of us. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of opposed to it at first, but it's kind of grown on me with time. Uh, The M2 are my initials and the K2 are her initials. So my initials are MM and hers are Mm -hmm. KK. So so we just called it M squared K squared or M2K2. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I was pretty sure that was the case, but it was good to get confirmation and to share with those who might not have heard it the
0: first yeah, time. If so. you see one of our um, labels on the the can, it's two robots holding hands and with love in the air, that kind of stuff. It's real sappy. But. It's such a love story. I
1: love it. It's great. Um, well, shifting gears a little bit, we were talking about some of the things that are going on in the beer world, and mm-hmm. this one popped up uh, just yesterday, and it's a little bit sad to hear, but... Um, Joyride Brewing in Edgewater, Colorado, is going through a bit of a tough time all Mm -hmm. of a sudden. Um, The owner has identified or has come out and stated that um, they're actually able to function and they're doing well, but they are filing Chapter 11 and reorganizing its finances in order to deal with, and I'm quoting directly from the story on Nine News, due to suspected. Financial malfeasance from a former manager. Oh, that's not good. (laughs) No. (laughs) And I just, you know, and we were talking too right before we went on air about, Mm -hmm. you know, being an owner of a small business and having to do those things and how potentially harmful it can be that somebody has a lot of potential to cause a lot Mm of harm.
0: Well, and especially in today's world where um, the breweries just are barely making ends meet you know cuz people just aren't going out as much as they used to and then you know all it takes is just one little hit and there you go so it's interesting news yeah and
1: hopefully things go well what we're right. really hoping is if there was some financial mismanagement that that individual gets brought to justice able to help get them back closer to hold well, doubt that alone and hopefully happen.
0: the chapter 11 and the reorganization will put them in a better position than they were before. Because sometimes you come out of those better than you were going into them. And hopefully that's the case here too.
1: Yeah. Well, and I love the fact that they're saying they're going to stay open. Yeah, So they posted on Facebook on the 17th saying that they are going to continue to operate and they just kind of need some help. And hopefully this chapter 11 filing will let them get there. So if you're down in that area, go by and see Joyride and give them a little bit of love because they could obviously use it after this you know, a former employee just does some really bad stuff, and yeah, that happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. And again, so, I have to say, allegedly, because nothing's been right, proven in a court right. of law. But you know, usually those things are pretty accurate. And <laughs> well, sometimes they are. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think especially with a small business like that, you're probably pretty close right. to the truth.
0: And I mean, it's kind of not. It's kind of hard to hide things like that yeah. in a small business. So definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a four, and then we get to shift a little bit to, I don't know if it's great news, but it's decent news. We talked about on the show months ago about Anchor Steam mm-hmm. and them actually having to shut down their doors, uh, primarily because they were just being closed by Sapporo USA. They had purchased them, by, uh, with about a, six years ago for eighty million dollars, and they right. just weren't making it. And there's been some great. Excitement with some of the the former
0: employees as well as just their fan base. Well, goodness, you know it's it's an iconic yeah. beer. It's an It's a style. Yeah, <laughs> you know Anchor Steam beer is a style all by itself. So, yeah, more power to the people that want to keep that beer going. Yeah, um, I'll be happy to. Um, I might even help join in the. The foray here, and yeah. throw some money their way. Yeah, on um, so back in
1: September, there was a group. They actually created a GoFundMe page, and they had a goal of raising $50,000. Within five days, they were at $80,000. And then just a couple weeks after that, they were pushing 100000 mm-hmm. And so that's obviously a long way from an $80 million kind of thing. And there's a lot of legal costs that are going to go into it. But Doc, you found something that was kind of interesting yeah. about what they're actually going, what they're trying to save.
0: Right. What they're trying to save is the intellectual property. They're trying to uh, save the recipes, basically. Um, because if you have the recipe and you can make that beer, um, you don't really need to make it on a, you know, 300 barrel system. You can make it in a five gallon system and still say, I'm making anchor steam beer. So I really do like the idea of them going after the intellectual property. They may have changed locations. They may not be in the same place. They may not have the same distribution, etc. but at least they'll still have the ability to continue that brand.
1: Yeah, I like at the end of the article that we're getting from Vine Pair, literally says that he emphasizes that the individual who's kind of running this whole GoFundMe page, uh, gentleman by the name of Perkins, I'll have to find his first name here. But he really sees this as an opportunity to sell Anchor as an asset going Mm -hmm. forward with some local stakes into it, whether it's employees or brewers or whatever else. But he actually says there's going to be a future for Anchor Steam.
0: Yeah, because at that point, once you have the recipes in your hand, you could partner with another brewery like we've seen happen yeah. here in Colorado and say, hey, we've got this beer <laughs> that we'd like to make. Can we partner with your brewery and make a few batches of it and uh, help you know sh- spread the love? Yeah. So that, that could be a, a good way to go. Well, we'll
1: have to keep an eye on this because if it continues to gain gain traction, maybe we just reach out and go, "Hey, Colorado's been a great you know yeah, yeah. Colorado a, needs some anchor steam, yeah, they need some anchor steam, <laughs> and they've they' had some great collaborations just in the last few months of doing something that you guys could benefit from, so mm-hmm. maybe look this way
0: i I like it, I, I mean, the California common style is. It's a little bit wilder than just a standard kind of uh, style, and I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, that's why I like the Kentucky Common as, as uh-huh. much, too. And so it, it's it'd be kind of nice to have it come here. That would be great.
1: Well, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the business side of what's going on in some of the small brewery areas that we're seeing. And something not quite as positive, but we still need to dig into it. So stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Brew Talk on one hundred three point one and thirteen ten KFKA, coming to you from beautiful Midtown Greeley.
0: I love the Midtown part. Yeah, it, we're right <laughs> in the middle of the town. And that in lead music kind of sounded a little bit like the ticker tape from a newscast. Almost. <laughs> I was thinking it's not quite Pressure,
1: but it, it kind of had a similar vibe yeah. and feel to the the Pressure song. Um, well, one of the things you were talking about, Doc. Um. Apparently, we've got a right.
0: brewery in Massachusetts that is not playing fair. Mm, apparently, a couple of the shareholders of of uh, Treehouse Brewing um, were not doing things the best way possible. And so there's been a lawsuit filed against a couple of the Treehouse partners um, over their lavish, lavish lifestyles and, uh, um, you know awarding themselves excessive salaries, um, buying tons of real estate, that kind of stuff. So they've been accused of this, and, of course, uh, the other shareholders in the company are taking them to court uh, to kind of figure out what's going on. Um, Treehouse is a pretty important brewery in Massachusetts, and it's a pretty big brewery there. Um, they've said that basically... Um, this brewery contributes about 143 million dollars to the local economy um each year so uh that kind of is telling you that this is a a pretty decent brewery a pretty big brewery with a lot of a lot of uh foothold in that area yeah. and then all of a sudden we've got a couple partners that <laughs> appear to just like in that other store we were talking about uh, um kind of like not really doing things the right way Or at least according to some of the other shareholders. Right. Well, and right now there's only three because both
1: um, Lanier and Gradu, who are the two majority owners, both own 49% of the company. And um, Granger, who is the individual who brought the lawsuit to them, only owns 2%. That's correct. And a few years ago, he claims that he was presented with a document and basically converting his shares to a different type of shareholders, yeah. and that he's not getting dividends anymore. And these guys are oh basically taking all of the money and running with it or taking advantage of it. <laughs> and, you know, there's probably there's probably less truth to that exactly story. Right. So it's somewhere in the middle. But, I mean, it's a, it's a very popular place. They host more than a million visitors annually mm-hmm. in yep. its five locations in
0: Massachusetts. And that's significant. Yep. I mean, if you know East Coast beers, you've heard of Treehouse. So, you know, (laughs) you know, it's not just a local little tiny place, a little hole in the wall. This is a pretty big brewery. Yeah. And they're so, yeah, they're definitely
1: spending money. So we know that, that they are taking, you know, proceeds allegedly, and they're using that to get into uh, some real estate luxury cars. And then in one element, they've purchased land and now they're leasing it to Treehouse
0: for them to use, which isn't uncommon i mean that happens. no it's not it's not uncommon at all um but you would want to include all of your shareholders in that decision you would think yeah. but hey what do i know <laughs> as a majority owner as a majority a owner actually as a minority owner of my brewery uh, <laughs> i don't have much say in what goes on there so. yeah so that's unfortunate and We were talking about it at the beginning of the
1: show about how the challenges that craft breweries have seen post-COVID, and Mm -hmm. this is not good news for them. So hopefully they can get some things straightened out with the ownership, and Treehouse, which is, as you said, a really well-known and kind of a renowned brewery, can Mm -hmm. continue to do great things without the owners giving them a black eye.
0: Mm -hmm. That's very true. Because... It I mean we've already had two stories now.
1: I know. We'll get to a positive one in a minute, I
0: promise. <laughs> that are kind of making me think, uh oh, what's going on? Um but when when the industry gets as big as it is now, yeah. there's how many breweries in the country? You know, over 5,000 of them in the country. So you're bound to have a a couple stories here and there. So hopefully it's just a a hiccup in the works and things will start to work out fine. Let's,
1: you know, speaking of like bummer stories, you found something that was kind of fun.
0: We should talk about that. Yeah, we needed something that wasn't so much of a a down. Um, Something to cleanse? Oh, nice segue. Something to cleanse the soul So Maryland is getting a business installed, um, and it's called beer bath. And as you might anticipate, beer bath hosts, um, people to come in and sit in the spa full of beer. And so they have a beer spa that is going to be in, um, in Maryland. And so now if you're thinking okay do they really like sit in beer um the answer is yes yes <laughs> <laughs> um is it cold uh no so so you would I mean, it's probably lukewarm rather than hot um and it's you know there's no soap involved you're just soaking in uh in beer with hops in it and maybe a little bit of herbs and stuff like that and, uh, Maryland's next to get one. Um, apparently it's just outside Baltimore and it's going to open in, in uh, early December. And, uh, you're thinking, okay, this is, this is kind of weird, but they've been doing it in Europe for a, quite some time now, especially in places like Iceland and uh Czech Republic. And, uh, basically they fill a, a tub full of beer and then you jump in and sit and soak and I guess it, helps relax and i don't know exfoliates the skin I, <laughs> Does it get you drunker faster um no cuz i would imagine at the warm temperatures there's probably not much alcohol left in the beer that you're soaking in um it's probably more about the the herbs the the hop oils the the spices and the other things that are added to the beer that really um help revitalize you and make you feel better well, Doc, I'm about to make your day because
1: there's one here in Colorado. Oh, there is. In, in Denver, and it's called Oakwell Beer Spa. They are not a sponsor of ours, but if they would like to become a sponsor, they could certainly reach out to us. Interesting. At 103.1. I did not know this. KfK, and yeah, but they actually talk about that. So they literally have a 60-minute a beer therapy room access, which allows you to jump back and forth between... Amenities include a beer bath, infrared sauna, rain shower, and a wooden deck. Ooh. They're private enough for space for just one or two people per session. They're disinfected, tubs are drained, cleaned, refilled, making sure it's a true sanitized experience for you. But they are designed to create a level of relaxation mm-hmm. and satisfaction for all beer fanatics. So and I'm just one on in.
0: I'm just wondering how many gallons of beer fit into a beer bath or a beer spa. I, and, you know, is it old beer? Is it good? <laughs> is it good uh, beer? Can you say, hey, I'd like mindful full of PBR, please? I or do you know. just get what they got? I, I don't
1: really know. Um, I We could continue to do some research and some digging. Yeah, we should. <laughs> and find out. But, yeah, that's kind of an interesting element in that regard. But, yeah,
0: there's some... Fun little beer spas that are going on there. I'm going to see if I can find. I, it. I wonder um, if the, in the ride home you don't smell like beer. And <laughs> I don't know. That would be interesting. Yeah. So okay, I did not know there was one here in Colorado. Yep, so they're absolutely. I knew there are starting to show up in the states. I knew they're all over Europe. So it's kind of nice to see they're now coming to Colorado mm-hmm. to the uh, neighborhood close to you. Yeah.
1: Well, and the nice thing is is that you can actually get um, beer mm-hmm. while you're sitting in oh. your beer spa. So, well, you just need a glass is all you well, need. Well, <laughs> no, I don't think – I'm not sure you'd want to drink anything that you've been sitting in. I mean, you know, <laughs> That's and gross. I'm just trying to think about that. It's just kind of an
0: odd – Especially if it's warm and yeah. you've been soaking in it. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 But it is –
0: yeah. That's kind of cool. That might be worth going to and just checking it yeah, out. Yeah,
1: absolutely. They have a date night package with a thirty dollars beverage credit that you could get on there. Very and, cool. And it's interesting. It's it's a ninety minute process, and basically what they do is they have the system automatically programmed so that seventy minutes into your experience, the the beer bath starts to drain. Oh, okay. So it's almost like, okay, so now it's time to get out, to rinse off the shower, get ready to... Go stand under yeah, the heat lamps. Gather your belongings and go do your thing. But yeah. That's and, pretty cool. I mean, they will set up the room romantically with rose petals, gourmet chocolates, and beer. And beer. I mean, beer and other beverages. I mean, you could do sparkling wine if you wanted to, but
0: it's great. So I don't, I don't think I'd want to do something like a soda or something. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't think so either. So. But
0: The bubbles would be interesting.
1: It definitely could be. Hmm. So yeah, I, I, you know, there's there's a horrible part of me that just thinks about the things that people do in hot tubs when you're a teenager.
0: Well, I'm glad that they drain them. (laughs) Yes, that's true. (laughs) And then come in and sanitize. I think that's a great idea. And then refill them with beer. Yeah,
1: I don't see. I'm looking on their website right now, and I am not seeing. Where they give you the information about the size or of, what beer of, they fill uh, it with, or what what they fill it with, yeah. so nope, it looks like they do have quite a bit of
0: um, accessibility they've got um well, I can imagine just not only aromatherapy wise yeah, especially if you like the smell of hops, but I can also um, understand all of the medicinal properties of hops, how it um, the, in the early days of hops, when they first started discovering them, they used to put them in pillows to make you fall asleep faster. And I could just imagine if those hop oils and hop aromas are in a, a nice, warm bath, that would make you really feel, you know, welcome and warm and cozy and yeah. and toasty. That's,
1: it's kind of an interesting way to do it. And again, I... I'm going to have to check this website out. You you might have to check it out. And I feel like that there's a a lot of information that would be. And apparently they kind of got this ideas when they were traveling overseas. And Mm they uh, did a warm, bubbly beer bath uh, in Poland. And so it was unlike anything they'd ever done. And so they decided that they were going to bring that back to Denver. So that's neat.
0: That's really cool. I'm glad that they did
1: that. So. And uh, apparently it's being heralded as one of the very first of its kind. And so
0: we're... Well, they'll be joined by others, especially yeah, on the sure. East Coast. <laughs> yeah, and
1: it's kind of a, a great thing that's going on. And again, fun, exciting, different, unique. And I think we're all about doing that. And with the craft beer scene going on in Colorado and all the different things that are going...
0: It just makes sense, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's a, a good kind of element that you can get in there. See, look, there's all these different things. And if I we know, had a I'm few gonna... more minutes in our segment... <laughs> well, I would I definitely have... go check out that website. Yeah. Do you for... really put beer in your beer bath? Here we go. Not quite. As we fill the beer bath, we infuse water with a seasonal herbal blend that uh, use beer ingredients, hop Marley as a base. So
0: hops and there Therefore, there's no alcohol in the there's beer no bath. There's
1: no alcohol, but it definitely has a good... And apparently, it's really good for your skin.
0: Yep. I would imagine and, so. Yeah. Especially the barley, like oats, would yeah. be good for your skin. And definitely. All the hop oils yeah. and stuff.
1: And it's really interesting. Um, and apparently, they have developed a gluten-free beer bath version for those who might be you know, so looking use, for a celiac or a gluten-free option. So they use malted rice instead. Yeah, or apparently, <laughs> yeah. They definitely do that. Very so cool. It's a, a great thing. And I think it's fun that they've got those kind of... Elements just on their FAQ is right there on their menu. And you know it's so not too them.
0: far from Christmas right now. No. So.
1: That, what a great, great gift idea. Exactly. Right? For your beer-loving significant other that you get them <laughs> a beer a beer bath treatment, and there is a date package that you could go right in there. So I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, Doc, you're going to try it out, and then you're going to come back, and you're going to let us know what that looks like and, and Why how not? it was. All right. Perfect. Well, let's take a break. When we get back, we're going to jump into our review beer. And we're going with something a little darker, a little, little chocolatey, a little stoutish today. I'm excited. It's that fun. kind of weather. It is. Definitely, we're ready to do it. All right, stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Brew Talk on a crisp Tuesday evening here in Midtown Greeley, coming to you live from the Aloe Fiber Studios. Can I say it?
0: You it, can. It's in Midtown Greeley. <laughs>
1: it's in Midtown Greeley. <laughs> yeah. And knowing that it's getting cooler, knowing that it's darker, thought, why not? Review something that's a little bit more of kind of a uh, you know a sweater weather kind of winter right. warmer kind of beer well, and, and go with something maybe so.
0: something a little bit higher in alcohol or darker in flavors. Yeah. It's kind of what I'm craving right around now. Well,
1: we're gonna see if this one meets that criteria for you. So we, yeah, what'd you, what'd you get? So we have what's called it's Mysteria, and it is from Crooked Beach Brewing Company in Loveland, Colorado. Um, don't know. A ton about them. Their website, if they're listening, if you guys need some help kind of navigating that and building that up a little bit, let me know. But yeah, definitely. (laughs) um, Their beer, I can't find it on their website right now. On their site, they've got three beers, which is not the one that we're drinking. But this is kind of interesting. What we are drinking is the Mysteria, which is a creamy chocolate full body beer. Sleep comes easy under a tin roof Tin roof in the rain. The dreams are of a mysterious tropical plants that don't really exist or other pleasant things. If you remember your dreams at all, eyelids crack only when hit by the first ray of sunshine and everything outside has been rinsed clean and rejuvenated. So that is their description
0: of uh, the beer. Yeah, and it's just one of those kind of descriptions that – um isn't the same kind of description you might read on somebody else's can no. where they're telling you the ingredients and what it tastes like and stuff. This is more of a a feeling you get yeah, as you're reading it. And, you know, that's not a bad way to go, no, to be honest with you. Not at all.
1: It is self-identified as a milk stout and only 5.6% alcohol by volume, which I think if we're recognizing what you want out of a winter warmer, that is probably on the lower side of what you'd normally be looking for, but still definitely a really good, you know, alcohol
0: content. It's not like it's going to destroy you after one of these things. Yeah. And I, it it takes a little bit of looking on their website to find it out. Uh, But I did find out that they started in about 2022. Um, uh, Jake Jackson, the owner and uh, one of the brainchild's children, brain children behind all of this, uh, decided to move to Loveland after um, a stint in the Air Force, and then launched Crooked Beach Brewing. And so he hasn't been a brewer for very long, but I can already tell from the aroma and the pour on this beer, he kind of knows what he's doing. Yeah. So... (laughs) So it hasn't been open for very long. And what a time to open a brewery at this stage of the game, too, right? Well,
1: especially like what we've talked about the last few weeks about breweries closing, breweries having to consolidate, Mm -hmm. having to go into a shared environment because of the economy. So good
0: for them, hopefully, that this turns out really well. And I love they're putting it in a can already. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: and I also love the fact, because they have a Hefeweizen, so I'm going to have to get over there and try that. I haven't done that yet, but...
0: So what do you think of the nose on this? You know, I, I'm not sure. I'm getting a lot of spicy yes. notes. Um, I mean, really spicy notes. Um, I'm thinking tree, um, barky kind of... Mm-hmm. Pine. Pine. Okay. A little bit of pine, but more just bark, mm-hmm. like a like a elm tree kind of barky kind of spicy character to it. It's a very interesting... And I'm saying this in a good way. A good way. Uh, Very interesting nose. I'm so glad that you said that because I
1: feel like as I'm continuing to develop my palate, I'm still growing and I'm still learning. But yeah, that was... The moment that I, my very first sniff of this was like, I almost Mm -hmm. got almost like an evergreen, Mm -hmm. you know, or a Douglas fir kind of feeling. And maybe some of that is because of the season we're in, but that was where I kind of was going.
0: That just brought to mind what uh, the smell is I'm smelling. Imagine walking through a forest and all the leaves have fallen to the ground mm-hmm. and you're crunch, crunch, crunch as you oh, walk in. And you yeah. can ha- you smell the leaves mm-hmm. decaying and stuff. Yep. That's the smell I get when I when I take a nice whiff of this. Yeah. And a pleasant, um, woody, kind of spicy note. Um, the, f- the head on this, the foam that comes with this beer is creamy and delicious. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that is an amazing head on the beer, and every time I swirl it, it just generates another batch of head. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm really enjoying this brown foam on top, uh, and then the, the 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 beer itself. It's a milk stout, so um, the sweetness from the milk or the lactose that's in there is a little much for me. I'm I'm not a really good guy to judge lactose-based beers. But um, I do enjoy the roastiness. Um, I don't really get the chocolatiness that they might have mentioned.
1: Yeah, I'm looking for that and I'm almost wondering is it more of a, a sweeter but subtle dark chocolate? Maybe? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I'm The dark, you know, those dark chocolates, say you lick one of those and that not where you're getting it all throughout your mouth, just a little tiny Mm -hmm. hint of that dark, dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's that could be in, in there. Or maybe like
1: a kind bar, you know, if you like get a kind granola bar and it's got like like oh, dark sure. chocolate, little chips in it, and you get just a little bit of that. You're getting all the granola. You're getting the other right, thing. Right, But there's just that little hint of And I
0: do get a yeah. lot of the grains mm-hmm. and, and uh, the maltiness of this is still very well there. Um, very well-designed beer. Um, this one is smooth, creamy from uh, the milk stout part of it. Yeah. Um, a little sweet. I get a little bit of sugar on my lips, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not always a big fan of. Is you know, <laughs> yep. um, but it, and it finishes not terribly bitter. It's this is uh, and milk stouts are kind of that way. They're kind of like the crossover yep. in the finish area between a porter and a stout. And this one for me is, you know, a little bit more right in the middle of the road kind of yep. finish. It's not. It's not that dry finish that I like from a stout, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't be. It's a milk stout. Right. So um, I'm really enjoying this one. Um, it's thick and it's rich. And if somebody would have told me this is an oatmeal stout with a little bit of sweetness added back into it, I would have been okay. You would have you're, believed you're, it. Uh, yep. Right there on the money. Yeah. it.
1: For me, it is complex. And, and I think I'm saying that because, again, as a as a relatively novice palate, especially compared to yours, Doc, that there's a lot of things going on that I'm just trying to, like, figure out. And it, I don't want to say it's overwhelming, but it's difficult because I'm picking up something, and then I get something else, and I get something else.
0: Well, and I'm going to say it in kind of a weird way. This is going to sound kind of strange, but I think it's very complex in a unidimensional way. Is that a... Is that sure. a great way to say it? Where I every time I'm sipping it, I'm tasting the same things over again. Yep. It's not like no, now it's different, right? And then now it's different. No, it's it's the same stuff mm-hmm. over and over again. And I and then I smell the nose every time I put it up to my mouth. Um, I sip on it, and it's it's rich and it's thick and it's and it's. Uh, A little tiny bit of hint of chocolate, and then this roastiness just sort of carries it through and fades. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of every time I do it, it's the same. It's the same, which is
1: actually a really good trait. I think so, too. From a beer perspective, you want to go back to the taste that you just had to be able to experience it and and Mm -hmm. kind of revel in it more. The things that are overly complex that you... Get different things every right. time, I think take away from
0: but those are those are good in their own way too, but this is one of those where the more and more i'm drinking it, the more and more it's starting to taste like a chocolate milk that isn't mm-hmm. very chocolatey
1: oh yeah that's a great that's a great call on this it's it's yeah.
0: more like a coffee milk, yep mhm than mm-hmm. it is a chocolate milk, and I like that about it though. yeah you're right i don't really like um Cocoa Nibs and I have never been big fans of each other, (laughs) so if I want cocoa, I'll get a candy bar. Sure. Um, I I prefer the flavors that come from the malts themselves, and I can kind of get a hint that there's some chocolatiness in there, Um, but I like the roastiness to it, and it's a a brilliantly designed roastiness. I I love how you say that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our final
1: break. We're going to come back. We're going to rate and we're going to score this bear, and then we'll do our final thoughts on it before we get ready to step away for the holiday weekend. Yeah. All right. Sounds good to me. Stick, Stick around. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Brew Talk with our obligatory Rush Bumper music, and thank you so very much, Micah. We could have just listened to the
0: whole song. We so could have. So I mean,
1: we, we would have left us just a little bit of time to you know score and review the beer and everything else. But before we get into our scores,
0: Doc, final thoughts? My final thoughts. Um, as you pour this beer, I love that head. The foam on the beer here is thick and rich and perfectly brown-colored. And it's hiding what's underneath it, which is this thick and rich, maybe a little sweet kind of, uh, roasty, chocolatey kind of goodness underneath. Um, the aroma, uh, like I said, I, I really think it, it reminds me of walking through a forest. Maybe there's somebody in the campsite up ahead is yeah. brewing some coffee and you can kind of smell that as you're walking. And, uh. Yeah. It just it goes down smooth and it finishes smooth, which is for me um a, a big benefit. That's why I like porters more than yep. stouts. So Yeah. I agree with you
1: wholeheartedly and thinking of that whole walking through a forest and the trees and brushing up against some mm-hmm. some branches and just getting all of those smells is really what I'm picking up in that. And, and this
0: this is definitely one of those beers you want to hold up close to your nose for a long time. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> definitely do.
0: Yeah, it's definitely got a pleasant nose,
1: which is great. And like you said, the, the head on it is great. Mm-hmm. You can revive it, you know, just by a little couple swirls in the glass, you get some of that head back. It's that creamy. So I... Really impressed with it, and I love how, as a brewer yourself, you're going. This is done really well. you yeah. can tell somebody mm-hmm. actually
0: really knew their stuff. There's some and passion in yeah. here as well as some good crafting to put it together. Um, this is this is really good.
1: Yeah. Well, I think without further ado, we should score this thing. On Why not? Three. You ready? Uh-huh. One, two, three. There's my growler, uh, and I got a keg. <laughs> <laughs> surprise!
0: Know, that, surprise! That
1: doesn't surprise me. Uh, It does surprise me because it's a milk stout, and I know sometimes you don't do those, but still, I get it. So, definitely another Brew Talk approved beer. So that's fantastic. So well done, beer. Yeah. So Crooked (laughs) Beach will have to figure out a way to get. I got to get it over there
0: and check this out because if this one's this good, what about the rest of their portfolio? I know. I really want to try their Hefeweizen. And uh, from reading through their website, uh, the brewmaster hasn't or the brewer there hasn't really been. Brewing for very long compared to many different places. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm looking at some of the according to one of the Car- on the Colorado Brewery list, they're saying that he Jake, the head brewer, brewed his first IPA in 2012. Mm-hmm. He was in Florida, so and then, that was just
0: 10 years, you know, 11 yeah. years ago. Yeah, so I'm. And that was a, probably at homebrew style, yeah, so yeah uh, going from there to the big massive scale, you know sometimes is a mm-hmm. little challenging, yeah. but wow, he nailed this one this is definitely for me, this is um the epitome of a milk stout, yeah,
1: it definitely does really good, and i am I'm surprised at the nose mm-hmm. and originally. At my first thought when I first smelled this and got the nose, I was like, ooh, I am not going to like this. Right. And I feel like you talked about the hops that are really coming through there to give you that aroma, but they don't directly correlate into having a really high hop flavor
0: or taste. Correct. I mean, remember, there's three yeah. different kinds of hops. There's sure. the bitter hop, yeah. there's the flavor, and then there's the aroma. And sometimes you want to accentuate one versus the other. Like in an Irish Red, you might want to accentuate the bitter over the flavor and aroma. And sometimes, like on a Scottish Ale, you want to go for flavor, mm-hmm. et cetera. So you may want to pick which, which what you want here. And for this particular beer, I think that he went with the aroma. And the hop that's chosen here, I think, really lends itself well to this fall, autumn, winter kind of um concoction that he yeah. made yeah so are you saying that some of our enjoyment
1: of this beer could also be just because of the season and everything? yeah
0: else? i i would think so too i mean this is for me i i there are some stouts that i will drink all year round this for me i think is a stout that i would drink only in the Winter and fall. Mm-hmm. It's it's got all the fall characteristics to it, and it's got the winter uh, feeling going on with it. Uh, I, I like that about it. Yeah, and uh, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Right. And uh, but once we hit, you know, like spring or summer, I'm thinking, oh, how about a tropical stout, yeah. or how about just a a plain old stout stout, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. So, and I think it's the nose on this one that makes me think it's very fall-like. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. All right,
1: last question, Doc. Uh-oh. What Thanksgiving-esque food would you pair with this beer?
0: Oh, this has got to be <laughs> pecan pie. <laughs> oh. Um, I think would go really good with this. Um, well, I say pecan. Some people call it pecan. Yeah. but. Um, it's a pie with nuts in it. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. What about you? peanut it's, butter? has <laughs> um, You know, like a dessert, because this is very desserty. Um You put this with turkey, you're not going to taste your turkey. Um, So this has got to go with, I think, more of a dessert side of things. You know, bread pudding mm-hmm. would be another good uh, choice with maybe just some ice cream. Sure this would be really good with a scoop of ice cream in it
1: i was just thinking the same thing i'm like this would be a great kind of
0: ice cream float but it's it's got the sweetness that makes me think that this would be a perfect one for like a dessert now chad would be here and he'd tell us no this would be best with uh, he probably would he would know what to pair it with better than i would but i think there's no doubt in that and we definitely miss chad
1: today would have loved to have Got his take on this beer. But even without Chad, mm-hmm. it was still Talk approved. So oh, we yeah. definitely have to be doing something pretty good over there.
0: Yeah. That's like I said. I've, yeah. I've got to find a chance to get over there to yeah. Crooked Beach. Yeah.
1: Same. I feel like I need to. I know my yeah. son was there recently. And that's kind of how this came to be, and uh, I think he really enjoyed it. So, Cody, if you're listening or paying attention, you did good, son. You, you picked a good beer for us to review, and you yeah. definitely enjoyed it. So, he I'm knows, excited about it. Knows his stuff, yeah. So final thoughts, any other big
0: plans for tomorrow or well, on Thursday? Well, um, at the brewery, we've yeah. got uh, the rest of this week. Tomorrow we've got trivia. It's all... Uh, um, Thanksgiving trivia. Mm-hmm. And then on Friday, we've got uh, two or three actual big events going on. We've got a Husker watch party in the morning for the football team. In the afternoon, we've got their volleyball team. The uh, Lady Huskers are doing great this season. And then at night, we've got a band called Wild Nights. Oh, wow. So that's quite, all on Friday. Quite a lot of happening. Giving people everybody Thanksgiving
1: off, it sounds like. That's right. We're I think we're shifting off. back to that mindset, and that's where we need to be, so like that concept and that's a good thing to do so really appreciate it well doc happy thanksgiving to you and yours and everybody else out there and thank you guys for listening to brew talk and this holiday season we kick it off and everybody stay thirsty out there happy thanksgiving